Hello, I'm Stephanie Ruff. And I'm Aviva Nabeski. We're the hosts of the Dressage Today podcast, where you can find us talking about anything and everything dressage related. Our conversations span the world of dressage from leading riders to local level dressage heroes. We're talking training advice, showing tips, and sharing stories to inspire your own dressage journey. So tune in, then tack up. Welcome to another edition of the Dressage Today podcast. Sponsored by Purina Animal Nutrition. This month's podcast features an interview with Lisa Roskins, the CEO of Burlington Capital Group and the force behind bringing the World Cup to Omaha, Nebraska, first in 2017 and again in 2023. But first, Aviva, we need the latest update in the March to the Maccabi. So there's so much to tell you guys. So I'll start by saying I actually met my two team members live and in person. Um, I was judging a schooling show at Dunmoven Farm up in Pennsylvania, and both Rebecca and Lauren live in Pennsylvania. So actually, Rebecca came and rode for me. And boy, is she a nice rider. (laughs) Um, and that was kind of cool. And yeah. then Lauren came and then Missy Ranshausen came. And so I got to meet everybody. And then we had this incredibly talented photographer named Adrienne Morella. And she came and she took professional photos of us. And, you know, I am the least photogenic person on the planet. And I hate pictures of myself. And, you know, she spent a little bit of time with us, but not a huge amount of time with us. And the photos are are just beautiful. She makes me look great. So she's talented. (laughs) Um, So so that was super fun. And then um, Lauren and Rebecca and Missy and I went out to dinner. And I now feel like I'm I'm really, truly part of a team that I, I know people. And it was just wonderful and exciting and they're and they're nice people so that was super fun yeah and then the the online auction was absolutely remarkable i think i talked last month about how incredibly gracious and generous people had been donating goods and services and then the bidders i mean there were so many bidding wars and (laughs) and the, the auction is now over and at the end of the day minus all of the fees that I have to pay to the credit card companies and the auction company and all the rest of that. I think that I made. So let me preface this by saying that when I started the fundraising process, I was thinking I would be lucky if I raised a thousand bucks, maybe 2000 bucks. Yeah. Then I was thinking, wow, you know, people are being really amazing. Maybe I'll make 5,000. <laughs> I made $7,000. Wow. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. People were wonderful. I, I just the, again, you can go online and see the auction. You still can't bid. You can't bid on it anymore, but you can at least see what's there. Just amazing things. And of course, one of the biggest pieces of the auction was the boot raffle. Yes. And so I, I auctioned off, or I raffled off, seventy-five tickets for these beautiful semi-custom De Niro Salentino boots, and. I went on eBay and I bought raffle tickets and I figured I'm just going to tear off 75 raffle tickets and I'm going <laughs> names on them and I'm going to throw them in a bucket and I'm going to have my husband pick a name. <laughs> and somebody told me that, you know, you can do that online. Yes. So, okay, you know, Aviva and her technical <laughs> um, went online and I found this thing called Wheel of Names. 
And you actually, you know, you hand input 75 names. So people who bought four raffle tickets got their names in four times. And right. I 75 names and it went on this wheel, you know, like a wheel of fortune. <laughs> um, and then it says tap here. And so I tapped here and the wheel starts to spin. And it was like, oh my God, oh my God, this is so exciting. And then it slowed down and then it went, you know, click, 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 click. And I look at the name and lo and behold, it's you. Yes. <laughs> and then a big sign flashes up on the screen and it says, congratulations, Stephanie Ruff is a winner. <laughs> and I thought, Oh crap. People are going to think I rigged this. You know, I wonder, I wonder if I should spin it again and, and not give it to her. And I thought, no, because you know, nobody's really going to think that I rigged it. And, and so everybody, I didn't rig it, but how cool is that? That Stephanie won. Yay! <laughs> so congratulations on winning these fabulous boots. Thank you. I'm very excited. <laughs> and I will say Aviva texted me that I won. And my first thought was, no, I, th I, I really didn't believe it because, um, as I told her, I don't, I've, I don't win things. That's not, you know, I am not a particularly lucky person in my life. <laughs> I don't win things. And so, yeah. So even I was like, did, is this real? Are you sure? Is this real? <laughs> and, um, but I'm, I'm so very excited because I've also never owned a pair of boots this nice in my life. Um, so I'm very, very excited to, to do this. And, um, well, they yeah. are beautiful boots and thank you to ride times yes. and my friends, Teresa Kives and Kate Fiolka for donating them. Um, you know, just Absolutely. so generous. And I know that they're going to, you guys are together going to design an incredible pair of boots and you'll have to make sure that I get to see them once they're designed. Yes. Um, but they're just, they're fabulous boots. I, I owned a brown pair and love them. Um, so congratulations. And again, everybody, I did not rig it. Um, <laughs> you know, and of course the, the irony of the whole thing is that, you know, there were, there were not 75 people, but there were 75 names. Right. I pretty much know all 75 people or all 75 names. So no matter who won, it right, could yeah. have felt like oh, me. <laughs> so I'm very grateful to Wheel of Names for, for being funny so that I didn't have to feel like I was shortchanging anybody that I cared about. No, I'm very excited. And 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 now I'm going to feel I was thinking about this. I think way back um, in one of our winter podcasts, we had talked about like what what motivates you to keep going and somebody had, and somewhere along the line, there was something about, you know, you have all this nice stuff that, yes. you know, you need to wear it. So that's going to be me now. I'm going to yeah. have these beautiful boots and I'm going to be like, well, they can't just sit here. <laughs> you have to go. I, I have to go to a show or a clinic or do something to be able Absolutely. to wear these boots and show them off. And uh, so, yes. So, yeah, that's that's now looming in the back of my mind. <laughs> like, OK, now I have to do something with them. OK. <laughs> Well, but I will. This is, this is the whole point. That's we right. Coming full circle here. It's 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 the grand scheme. It's the universe. That's yes. Yes. But no, I'm I'm very excited and and thank you and and thanks to everyone and 
Yeah, I'll I'll uh, I'll let everybody know what what we end up doing. I'm not a big blingy person, and I'm not a big colorful person. I'm, but we'll, well talk about that a little bit more in a little while, won't we? Yeah, we will. But you know, the, the black ones are beautiful, and you yeah. can just do something really subtle, like a little bit of black crock on the top. Yeah, you know, and blue. If you have a blue coat, blue is beautiful as well. I don't, but that could, I could go buy a blue coat then. <laughs> and and you know, blue is beautiful on a bay. <laughs> it is and i have two of those so god exactly so, <laughs> you know lots of options here lots, lots of, of options. options so yes i will i will be back we'll have to come up with a uh, with a boot update <laughs> 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 so but yes i'm very excited so we'll have more more to come on that as well <laughs> well congratulations on the win and thank again you. thank you to everybody you know, I can't individually say everybody who donated something and everybody who bid and paid for something. But, you know, those of you who, who participated know who you are and know that I'm going to be taking a little bit of your love with me down center line in Tiberius in July because it has meant the world to know how much you support me and, and, and believe in me. Yeah. Oh, and, that's and great. I, and I got my plane tickets, and, and so it's becoming real. Um, and I fly out of JFK at close to midnight on July 5th. Okay. Um, yeah, and come back at, you know, close to midnight on <laughs> July 26th. So it's, it's, a, it's a long trip, and I have a, a, a Zoom meeting coming up soon with the Maccabi organization where they're going to tell me about security and how to pack and all the rest of it because I don't, I don't you listeners, if you guys have any suggestions, please feel free. <laughs> I'm allowed to take two suitcases that weigh 50 pounds each, but I've got to take boots and a helmet and a show coat and show clothes. And I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. <laughs> and, you know, how you fit three weeks worth of your life in two suitcases. Oh, yes. Packing. Yeah. So anybody with some wonderful suggestions for packing, please feel free to share those because I've never traveled before. Okay. So this is a big deal. <laughs> Oof. Well, this is this is a big trip then to 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 start off with. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So over the last month, we put out a call for more Ask the L questions, and we got lots and lots of really good responses. So thanks to everyone who submitted questions. And we have a bunch now, which is great. Uh, but, you know, it might be a little while before we get to your question. However, there is one question or one topic, I guess I should say, it's actually more than a question that was has been brought up numerous times. So we thought we would take this one on first. And as a little background information, if if you don't know, if you've been living under a rock, I suppose, in the dressage world, U.S. Yeah. Equestrian made changes to the dress code for dressage that allows for a much broader range of colors for both boots, breeches and jackets. It's no longer just black and white or navy blue and white and that sort of thing. Now, the USDF has put together a great resource on their website that's called A Visual Guide to 2022 Dressage Attire. And I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes. And I highly recommend reading that before you go out and decide what it is you're going to go and purchase. Yes. However, 
We had a lot of people, Aviva, at, want to know your take and your opinion of the new rules. So what say you? <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm really on the fence in a lot of ways because <laughs> you guys know that I love bling. Right. So, I mean, I already, you know, colors are fun. And, you know, we had the big thing about saddle pads and yellow. Yeah. And, you know, I love color and I love bling and... But I'm also a little bit of a traditionalist and I and I love the black and white, the sort of monochromatic, the light, which is the dark coat. Yeah, um, it's just very elegant. But then I think about the fact that this is a sport and what other sport <laughs> is boring like this? <laughs> I mean, that's true. You know, even baseball uniforms have, you know, fun colors and stripes and stuff like that. So, you know, I thought about it from that perspective. And then I said, well, yeah, but this is a different kind of sport. So I thought, well, we can sort of liken this to something like ice dancing. Yeah. Well, tell me the ice dancers don't get all dressed up. (laughs) And it enhances what they do, right? It doesn't detract from what they do. So my, my long answer is, I don't know. (laughs) You know, I, I, I think that, I think that if we were really going to try to make dressage appear to be more of a quote sport, that we might want to consider some other changes. Um, You know, I I don't quite understand why we're not allowed to put boots on our horses to protect them. You know, we wear a helmet to protect our heads. Why don't our horses get to wear boots to protect their legs? You know, Um, we wear them when we're schooling or wraps or whatever. Um, So I thought about that. And, you know, where does that fit in in terms of making it a sport? Um, And then I thought about things like, you know, I personally don't like blue on a chestnut. I don't think it's a pretty color combination, but lots of other people do. So if I'm sitting at sea and a chestnut comes down center line and the rider is all in blue, do I automatically think bad things about them? (laughs) You know, no, I don't personally, but you know, it does does make an impact. And, you know, pink bridges, you know, I'm not so sure about pink bridges. And, you know, if you can wear pink bridges, why can't you wear a blue coat that has a black stripe up the side or down the back? Because you're not allowed to do that. Right. It has to be, you know, a solid color. Right. Yeah. So I'm a little baffled by the change. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think it's going to bring a lot of variation into showing. Yeah. And I, I, I think it'll certainly benefit all of the manufacturers oh yeah you know um (laughs) but you know then you think about the last olympics think about what what you know the the riders from holland they wore that orange yes um and boy that's not a color that everybody can pull off no no it's it's not and yeah, it's another one of those, you know, be careful. Well, not I'm not speaking to the Dutch Olympic team, but just generally speaking, be careful what you draw attention to. 
you know, yeah. be sure yeah. you want to draw attention to it because, yeah. you know. Well, I've said in the past, you know, the helmets that have all the bling. Right. Um, you know, I personally won't wear a helmet that has bling because I've sat at sea enough times to see the light reflecting off the crystals. Yeah. And I don't like it. Yeah. Um, and I, and especially if you have sort of a bobbing head. Right. You know, or you're looking down and so the crystals are right at me, yeah. you know, really highlighting. You know, we talk, I'm, I know a number of people have asked over the years, you know, do white gloves really show off my hands? You know, should if I don't have great hands, should I wear black gloves? And it's like, really, the judge isn't that stupid, you know, <laughs> no matter what color gloves you're wearing. But still, you know, there are things that do draw attention. Right. You and you know, part of what I think of is the beauty of dressage is that we're not drawing attention to the rider. Exactly. We're drawing attention to the harmony of the ride. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think it's going to be fun. I think people are going to have a good time with it. Um, I think that it's going to put a lot of pressure on people. I know that when I first started riding in dressage, you know, basically it was black or midnight blue coats and there were wool. Yes, and, exactly. Yep. You know, <laughs> now we have all these wonderful technical fabrics yeah. and you never see anybody going down center line in a wool coat anymore, except for somebody who maybe has an old shad belly because, you know, they're still using their old wool shad belly. Yeah. Um, so I wonder about the pressure that people are going to feel that they don't want to come down center line in a black coat um, because everybody else is wearing, you know, blue or gray or green or yeah. pink or, you know, whatever. Um, so I, that, that's my really long answer is that I'm on the fence. <laughs> You know, whatever you want to wear, whatever makes you happy. I still think that, you know, light britches and dark boots and a light shirt are elegant. Yeah. You know, it's just it's elegant. And I can also say that I've seen people who who particularly on a gray horse who've worn gray boots, you know, and a gray helmet and mm -hmm. a gray coat. And it's so beautiful. Right. So. You know, highlight, highlight the beauty of your horse. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and wear something that is, you know, none of us really look good in white britches. Um, <laughs> no, most of, most of us don't. So, yeah. I mean, in some respects, that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Cause it is, it is tough. White, white yeah. breeches are tough. Um, you know, but can but, you ever watch somebody show in black britches and a black coat? It, it just looks, I don't know. I don't, I personally don't like the look. Yeah. I don't think I've seen anybody in, compete in all black. Um, but, and that would be a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I have, I have. Yeah. Um, okay. And when it's a uniform, you know, if it's a police uniform or a military, right. uniform, that's one thing. Right. Um, but it, I, I don't, I don't particularly but I'm not judging your clothing when you come down center line. Exactly. Laying on your, on your yeah. brow band or on yeah. you know, what kind of boots you're wearing. And I mean, we've talked about this before. What I want to see is that things are neat. I want to see that things are clean. I want to, I want to see that you have a respect for your horse, that you have a respect for the sport, that you have a respect for me as the judge and that you right. have a respect for yourself coming down center line. Yeah. And if you can do that in, in, you know, pink and orange, 
then more power to you. <laughs> there we go. So that's, yep. So that's your answer. That's my answer. And you're going to stick to it. I am going to stick to it. And if you ask me what I'm going to be wearing to show in Israel, yeah, I'm wearing a dark blue coat. Okay. White breeches, <laughs> navy boots, oh, and a navy okay. helmet. Okay. And white gloves. That sounds very appropriate. Yep. <laughs> and your blingy brow band. And, and our bringing our red, white, and blue blingy brow band. And I have to say, um, I think I'm going to be riding a chestnut and I have a brown coat. And I've really, really been debating wearing my brown coat because I think brown on a chestnut is so gorgeous. And my brown boots. And I decided to go with the blue because USA. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good choice. Good Thank choice. <laughs> and so when we come back, we will have my conversation with Lisa Roskins. Level up your horse's performance this season with choices from Purina Animal Nutrition. From Purina Ultium Competition Formula to Purina Impact Pro Performance and everything in between, Purina has the right option for your horse, including supplements like Purina Super Sport Amino Acid Supplement, Purina Amplify High Fat Supplement, and Purina Outlast Gastric Support Supplement. There are many choices for optimal nutrition when you choose Purina, all backed by science. Level up your performance this season and put Purina's research to the test. Ask for Purina at your local feed retailer today. Born and raised in Omaha, Nebraska, Lisa Roskins began riding at age five when her parents bought her a pony named Taffy. As she grew up, she rode Western and then switched to English, focusing on equitation. After graduating from Stanford University's law school, she gave up riding for a time, but like many horse girls, she couldn't stay away forever. She now rides both dressage and show jumping. She is the CEO of Burlington Capital, an alternative investment manager focused on real estate, international agribusiness, and private equity. She is also the founder of the Omaha Equestrian Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit organization created to produce international caliber equestrian events that will develop Omaha into a hub of the sport horse industry, attracting international champions as both educational and economic development opportunities for the community. She was instrumental in bringing the FEI World Cup to Omaha in 2017, and it returns once again to Omaha on April 4th through April 8th in 2023. I was able to speak with Lisa during the 2022 International Omaha, a show jumping and vaulting competition held the beginning of May. So thank you, Lisa, for joining us today and taking some time out to talk with us. Of course. Could to start with, could you tell us a little bit about your personal and professional background? Oh, goodness. Um, where do we start? So I'm uh, born and raised in Omaha, Nebraska, had prodigal years in uh, graduate and undergrad in California. Um, and through a series of flight of the bumblebees, found myself in our family business. Um, I did a bunch of different uh, business jobs before I, I came to work for my father because I really 
felt like I needed to deserve that job, not just get it because um, I'm related. And so I wanted to go out and get a lot of good experience. So when I came to run the company, I had the, the relevant chops to do so. Um, personally, I'm, you know, my name is Lisa Roskins. I'm addicted to horses. And we can talk about that as much as you'd like. <laughs> we all are. Yeah. <laughs> well, so how did you get involved in the horses? Um, when I was a little kid, we lived with um, our backyard faced a pasture and and I, my parents moved there just because they liked the pastoral scene, not because they had anything to do with horses. In fact, they were both very much afraid of horses, but I kept crawling under the fence to go pet the horses. And so I think they finally just gave in and started get, letting me take riding lessons. And I rode Western. Um, I worked cattle on a ranch. I still go out to my friend's ranch in Western Nebraska uh, once a year and help them move cows around for weaning and stuff like that. So uh, I ended up switching over when I was probably 10 years old riding jumpers and really never looked back. Um, but another side, you are a believer in horses helping people. Yes. And you're involved with a nonprofit organization called Take Flight Farms. Could you t tell us more about that? Oh, yeah. I love <laughs> I love what Take Flight is all about. So uh, we started Take Flight. Um, gosh, it's probably been 20 years now because a, a bunch of us were kind of laughing about the fact that our horses were our therapy. And then it kind of turned into a more serious discussion of like, hey, if this is working for us, I wonder if it could work for others. And we started doing some research and looking into it and realizing that there is a very substantive uh, study around using horses as um, as not tools, because that sounds too demeaning, but right. as, as, as partners in the therapeutic process. And so we created Take Flight Farms with that view in mind, and they've really expanded into programming I never would have imagined possible. But it's amazing how much the horses can really, truly help people figure things out for themselves. Well, I am a firm believer. I've been involved in therapeutic riding programs for many, many years. I was a director of one for a oh, long time. Oh, I so, oh, yeah. So I have... I have seen it firsthand as well. Just amazing how incredible it all happens. Right. Yeah. So no, it's, it's unbelievable. And what's so interesting is when you know a horse really well to see it do something completely out of character. Yeah. But it's exactly what a client needs to have happen. And you think, how do they, it makes you kind of have a complete completely different appreciation for what, what our horses can do. Absolutely. I know. It's just amazing. So I'm always, I'm always up for promoting that sort of oh, thing as well. You. That's, you know, it. that's no. part of my heart too. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. They're an amazing organization. Yeah. And, um, but your other, of course, big nonprofit here is the Omaha Equestrian Foundation. Could you tell us a little about its mission and vision? Yeah. Um, the mission of the Omaha Equestrian Foundation really was twofold. It was to bring Omaha into the you know the center of the horse world there was a time where we really we had a great old horse show when I was a kid here that was one of those classic charity shows that we all grew up well maybe not there's a lot of people that have grown up <laughs> since I grew up but that, we, that, we, that some of us grew up right exactly. um, and I really horses are such a part of our DNA here I mean we're, we're a farming and ranching culture we have incredible Native American history here and I really wanted to bring that energy back to our community. But on the flip side, I really wanted to professionalize how we presented our sport. Um, and I took took information and ideas from every sporting event I could possibly go to to say, let's make this uh, a produced event. 
so that it has the same feel of a major sporting event. And then the third piece of what we're doing is really to try to educate people about horses, horse sport, and, and really animal husbandry and agriculture in general. So we have a huge educational component. Um, and then originally our big hairy goal was to host the World Cup finals. And, and in 2017, we're like, we caught the bus and now we're doing it again. So, Well, one of the things I was going to ask you is why that edu- obviously that educational element is very important to you. What why is that? What are you hoping to, to do? Well, we'd like to grow the sport in this region, not just because we love the sport. But to me, it's an engine of economic development, because if you get 10 more people riding and owning horses, then you probably need another horseshoe and the vet clinic needs to expand. And so you start building a business and we, you know, thanks to the urban family, we have um, multiple new A shows in our area. And that then means we need braiders and you need course designers and you need jump crew. And so it, 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 to me, it's a really great employment vehicle, especially for people who have sort of a non-traditional desire and they don't necessarily want to spend the next 10 years in school and they want to work with their hands. And so I really wanted to bring all the facets of this sport to our community so people could start participating in a more robust way. And you mentioned the World Cup. And of course, it is coming back to Omaha next year. What plans are underway? Oh, God, what plans, what plans <laughs> aren't, aren't underway? underway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the things I'm really excited about that Julie Boylson, our, our CEO, came up with, she was, she's got the most incredible marketing creative brain. <laughs> and she was looking at 2017, 2023, 1723. What was going on here in 1723 on the Great Plains? Well, interestingly, in that era was when horses really started making a change in how the tribe tribal nations in our region started living, started fighting, started moving, started taking care of their families. Horses became an integral part of their culture in that sort of in that century. And so we're really excited to be partnering with the Bluebird Cultural Initiative, among others, to give our Native American tribes a platform to showcase their their history, their connection with the horse and, and really demonstrate to the world what a great culture has been built um, around the horse in this part of the world before we even, us Westerners, even started swinging our legs over one, right? (laughs) And so I love that. um, I love that bringing forward of our history and creating that connection to our sport. So that's something that's going to be new. Another thing that we have added is we're adding the vaulting championship. And so we'll have three championships next year, which will be very exciting. And there will never be a dull moment in the arena. (laughs) Um, So what what are you most looking forward to for the world with the World Cup coming? Gosh, you know, I loved the energy it brought. I loved all the languages and I and I really loved all the local people coming up and going, oh, my God, this is amazing. I mean, it was kind of the meld, you know, the, the, the mission of the World Cup for us in 17 was to introduce the world to Omaha and introduce Omaha to the world of equestrian sport. And it was so fun to see both sets of eyes get opened. People were like, wait, there's stoplights and good restaurants, you know. And, and on the flip side, people that had been coming to the international saw the next level and they'd never seen high level dressage. And so, and the, and the vendors and just the energy. And, and I just think that blending 
of community and culture and, and the world and horses is, is what I really enjoy the most. And then I have to admit, I really enjoy when it's all over and it went well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure. I'm sure. Really been a good, a good night's sleep. Yeah. And you brought up introducing Omaha to the world. I'm sure there was a little bit of um, a little. Some people probably went, why Omaha? Mm-hmm. And so and that it's an unusual place to hold an event of this caliber. So what can you tell everybody about Omaha? <laughs> well, I love it. Um, you know, to me, Omaha is is very unexpected. And it's not, you know, it's, it, yes, there's a little bit of what you expect in that good Midwestern hospitality. Everybody's friendly and helpful and welcoming and, and, and really do want everyone to come and enjoy our community. We're very proud of our, our little city. Um, but it is, we've got fabulous restaurants. We have since 2017, I think we have four new hotels that have opened up within a couple miles of the venue. So we have some some new higher end hotels which is nice. There's lots of local shops and restaurants. We have our downtown area. We've really intentionally tried not to populate with chains. So you can get really a local flavor um, of things. Also, there's a lot to do. We have very good museums, cultural experiences. We have a Western Heritage Museum that gives you a, a great regional um, experience. And our zoo is one of, it really goes head to head with San Diego every year for the top zoo in the country. So there's a lot of cool things from a air and space museum that's a, you know, a few miles away. So what I would say is come for the horse show, but make sure you make time to enjoy what else is going on. Well, I tell you, this is my first time to Omaha and my first time to Nebraska. Um, And several people have asked, are you going to the zoo? And I I didn't on I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't know Omaha had a zoo necessarily. I I didn't, but (laughs) Several people have said that. And so I was like, is the zoo memorable? Is it something that I should try to get to? Well, and the other thing that they've done that's so intelligent is, of course, we're in Omaha, Nebraska, not San Diego, right? right? So we have, they've designed the zoo so there is, like, there's a five acre indoor jungle. So you can go there in January and experience the zoo, right? It's not like the only thing you can see in January are the polar bears. So they've really done an intelligent job of designing it to be year round. Yeah. So you are at, trying to make the World Cup a, a destination vacation. Go to the horse show. Go see. Right. Go spend time in, in Come Omaha. See what's and, going on. And, yeah. And because it's Easter weekend, we've shifted the schedule so it will end on Saturday. And so hopefully that gives people Sunday to hang out and do some things before they have to fly home. Right. Um, and, and depending on what, what's going on, it could be the time of the flyway for the, for the cranes, the great crane migration. Oh. And they go through there. It's a couple hours away, but it's the most unbelievable thing. It's just thousands of these giant birds are flying through on their migratory paths. Oh, so that's wow. kind of a cool thing as well. That is, definitely. Yeah. See, another thing something, I didn't know. Something yeah, for just, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so how can people get more information and purchase tickets on for the World Cup? Oh, um, you can go to Ticketmaster to purchase tickets. You can go to the Omaha Equestrian website um, to get more information. And that and is? OmahaEquestrian.org. Yes. I think. It's yes, just in it my is. phone. So <laughs> you know. like, uh, it's the little button on my phone. Um, 
But anyway, and so they, um, and more will be coming out on the, we'll, we'll have more World Cup stuff on our website here shortly. We've had this little distraction this week of the international. So haven't, um, we, we had to hit pause on some of our World Cup stuff, but you'll see more and more and you'll see um, the promotional materials for it really are building on that Native American cross with the sport. Um, so it'll look a little different than what you've seen. I think when you ask me, one of the things I'm really excited about is one that I don't want to forget to mention is the, the partnership that we've had with the FEI. They've been very open to some of our new ideas and, and really um, very collaborative. And we're excited about that. Good. And tickets are on sale now, correct? Correct. In fact, we just got a report the other day that people are buying them. So that's all exciting. right. There you go. So get your tickets fast. Get your tickets now. <laughs> all right. Anything else you want to add? No, I just appreciate you coming and talking to me. Thank you so much. Okay. Well, thank you. We've we've enjoyed it. And I look forward to coming back next year. And Wonderful. Well, getting we'll keep to see the World Cup. Yes, definitely. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Dressage Today podcast. If you've missed any episodes or to subscribe, go to Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Learn more and read in-depth training articles at dressagetoday.com, or you can visit our subscription video site, ondemand.dressagetoday.com. Be sure to give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Happy riding, and we'll see you at X. The Dressage Today podcast is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of Equine Network, LLC.